Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Brent Sullivan. We're here. We're queer. Help! Textual Healing. Utah just banned conversion therapy for youth, which, uh, for anyone under 18, which is, I think, we've talked about conversion therapy a lot in the mm-hmm. podcast, yeah. and a lot tonight even, um, but, so, we'll be brief about this, but I think it's ex- interesting and exciting because if you look at the list of other states that have banned it, New Jersey, California, Oregon, Illinois, these are really deeply blue states, usually, uh, and so, and Utah is very famously very conservative oh, yeah. and Republican, and so, it was really interesting to read some of these quotes from... Republican leaders in the state talking about how banning conversion therapy for youths is just about presenting is is just about preventing youth suicide. That's a goal that everyone feels strongly about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, and it also obviously relied heavily on. Well, um, I, I don't like to say the whole word. The whole <laughs> yeah, yeah. Church of yeah. Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, <laughs> aka Mormons. But they gave the support to the ban. Um, they gave the support With only the, after the ban was amended to include yeah. certain exceptions for clergy who offered religious counsel. Which is complicated mm-hmm. because it's, it's again, I mean, um, conversion therapy is not just like you, there's a mini mall and there's a sign outside that says conversion therapy. Like it's, it's a bit more nuanced than that. And a lot of religious organizations who will be exempt from this law are able to <coughs> find ways around calling it conversion therapy and still fundamentally practice conversion therapy. And so while this is great, don't get me wrong, this is great. There are, and I'm just speaking from a place of knowing the Mormon church, there's a lot that churches can get away with by using the umbrella of a religious organization as a means to mm-hmm. sidestep a law. Mm. And I, I'm not jumping for joy about this. I am jumping for joy that there's legal ramifications that could come if it is proven to be conversion there and someone does, oh, hopefully not, you know, commit suicide over this or anything. Like, yes, there's legal ramifications now, thank God. However, I'm not jumping because I, I know I know the Mormon church and I know they'll find ways of getting around this just like any other religion does. Do you know – did you grow up with people who were put into conversion therapy? Well, I mean my, my mom actually – this is a part of the film we didn't, we didn't include in my film Latter-day Jew because it was such a sidestep. But my mom remembered a moment when I – right after I was baptized. I was baptized at 11 and it was like – I was 12 or 13 and they came over <laughs> – offering me to go to this sort of like Mormon, they called it like a camp, but it wasn't a camp. And um, it was like a Mormon retreat type thing. A macho camp. Sort of, yeah. And my mom, in her ignorance, and our ignorance, I think, which is funny to me, knowing me, she 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 was like, he's not much of an outdoors kid. And he he's very busy over the summers with like... <laughs> theater and he has his Art movie club and yeah right. he has his stuff mm-hmm. and he loves so, diane keaton yeah, yeah so my mom was like he probably is not going to be free to even do that and she, she didn't see it as conversion therapy yeah. and that to me is the the root of the danger of conversion therapy is because it isn't always apparent mm-hmm. it isn't always clear that that's what's going on and so her in my, her delightful ignorance didn't send me to that 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 thing because she didn't think I would like it because I was busy watching The View. 
but other Rosie, parents do yeah. that and and it's dangerous and and that practice that that mormon retreat that i would have gone on i think it would have been exempt from this law you do because it's religious counseling mm. it's part of my you know they could they could they could say it's a part of my getting ready to go on my uh, mission trip it's a part of that. There's there's classes I have to go to for the mission trip. Mm-hmm. So how is that not a part of my curriculum for the mission trip? Like, there are so many layers to this that, sure, it's wonderful, but it's also not the best thing ever. Mm. Sorry to be you such a downer. You ran on the parade. Sorry. I'm just giving the realness. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, did you grow up around other Mormons who had, who did go to these, and anything similar yeah. to this? I mean, I have, I have one friend, I didn't grow up with him, but it was, I met him later um, when I was 18 in college. And uh, he had gone through conversion, th- Mormon conversion therapy, which was sort of like a retreat um, in that it was a, it was heavily focused on religious counseling and the ramifications of where you fit within heaven God's, yeah. and God's, God's plan. outlook uh, if you continue to have these feelings and just going back to even how they treated the me. Suicide. I mean, it's like, it's, there, there are, oh my God. <laughs> did you my break your glasses? glasses? Broke. <laughs> oh no. Oh God. We heard the snap too. I don't know. What happened? Is it like the glass or is it the glasses? case? Do you have a backup air conditioner? Do you have backup glasses? <laughs> I have You have many a backup, backup air glasses. conditioner? Okay. Yeah, the frame broke. Oh. <laughs> well, oh. it's still sitting. I can still see perfectly fine, mm-hmm. but that's maybe, it for this pair. You know what? Maybe that was God. Church, yeah, I blame, <laughs> I blame the Mormon church on that. Mormon Jesus, why'd you do this to my glasses? Not even joking. Our guests today are so fun. I've known them for, I've known Julie for a long time. Julie Goldman and Brandy Howard. Thank you so much for being here. Hosts of Dumb Gay Politics. Julie, I've known you for a few years because of our mutual friend, Johnny McGovern. And you yes. both were on the Logo Gay Sketch Show together, right? Uh, the Big Gay Sketch Show. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. That's right. That's right. And we That's met in right. New York stand-up scene and now out here. Mm-hmm. You're also one of my favorite Curb Your Enthusiasm actors. Thank you very oh, much. And babes. Sopranos. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Done it all. Thank you, you so much. You're a renaissance. <laughs> you are. But you guys host Dumb Gay Politics. What's the podcast like? Okay, yeah. Um, it's a political, um, this is Brandy speaking, just in case Julie says anything offensive. <laughs> um, so a lot of times they'll be, they'll be like, why did you say that about the Middle East? And I'm like, that was Julie. That's me. I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. I can say anything I want. <laughs> so basically we were on a show on Bravo called The People's Couch. Yes. And it was during, you know, the end of the show happened right when Trump was running and we thought about we've been on a ton of podcasts and we you know thought about doing one and all Julie could think about was politics <laughs> yeah. and she didn't want to do another Bravo recap show mm, and I was like please it's just so easy yeah so I agreed to do it and um, call it dumb gay politics so I wouldn't have to do anything yeah and she could just tell me <laughs> each week just tell me about politics <laughs> that didn't work out have that, you felt more informed yeah. since the election oh it's impossible to do a podcast and I had to find out. What is Congress? And <laughs> I mean, I literally. So now the podcast is for people who aren't informed. Yeah. So we want yeah. people who watch, spend all day watching reality TV. People who don't know what Congress is. That, right. is, so, that right. is so important now, though, because like, I mean, we're recording this during the impeachment trial, but it'll air after that. So maybe Trump isn't president anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's important now because people don't know 
the basics of mm-hmm. how the Constitution or Congress works in a lot of times or how a president's impeached. You know, like my boyfriend Michael was asking today, like, well, he's he, he's on there's audio of him saying something that is like treasonous. So he should just get fired. And it's like. It's not how that works, yeah. Yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and then people feel embarrassed. I mean, the thing is, exactly. people feel ashamed. They, they feel embarrassed. Yeah. They feel, I don't know this, or I don't know that, or I didn't, you know, maybe know when yeah. World War II was, or I didn't. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That was also mine. But also, Thank you. But you I was like, was the Holocaust in the 1800s? <laughs> and you know what? Don't be ashamed of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe be ashamed don't... of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know anything yeah. until we know yeah. it. Yes, exactly. You know what? You know what? I took the Jeopardy test recently because I, I would never want to be on Jeopardy, but I want to think I could be on Jeopardy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm a smart guy. I've taken it before and done well, and they just they just released on their website. They just have you take like, <laughs> I love a, that you're like a, a random test. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's a new one. So I took it recently. I did so bad. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to tell you how bad I did. And What's their scoring and system And I'm a smart like? guy. It's I just, got, it's I just got a 340 on my SATs. <laughs> 340 sure. and so don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Brent took exactly. the SATs last year, right? I took the, I oh, took the yeah. SATs last year because I wanted to see if I was going to do any better. And you just wow, made... you are. Yeah. Wow. I really, I really wow. went through a kick. Well, I just was like, I remember taking the SATs when you're a kid. You don't know why it matters or how it should, and and you're also, you know, you're young and you're dumb, and my vocabulary is bigger, and my I would I would think my I'm capable of reading longer passages now and actually retaining the information. Why was your math better than your reading comprehension? Uh, recently? No, before high school. Uh, identical. Okay. Identical. Mm. And I I could not believe when taking it again on a Sunday afternoon for four hours. <laughs> with a proctor. With a proctor. First of all, I couldn't believe like no nice one pedophile. asked me why the fuck I was there. No one asked me anything. They're just like, all right, here you go. I took it. I couldn't believe how frustrating it was. And it made me, it made my heart ache that we put 17-year-olds through that process because the passages well, are unnecessary process, so too. boring. They're, the questions are really parsing incredibly specific details. I didn't do any better. You made the same grade, right? I, I got a little better in English. I did way worse in math, but I had <laughs> legitimately forgotten math, so that's fine. I, yeah. I don't blame myself for that. I just don't remember trigonometry. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I love Julie's. Your face during this, hearing this passage it's, is it's disturbing. She's yeah, going to give, you, she's <laughs> give you her therapist number. Uh, yeah, I'm quite sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm imagining you at other tests. I'm just I'm imagining to you prove to myself that I'm really smart, and it's I'm always failing at it. So right, that's, I think that's, that's right. really what I'm I think, trying to do. I think the podcast Dumb Gay Politics and podcasts like it are sort of <laughs> emblematic of like. You know, as we get older and as we age, our, the way we learn and the things that are important to us that we need to comprehend are different than what we're told we're supposed to comprehend when we're 18 years old. And so now, you know, as as we're older and we're looking at, like, the Trump presidency, we're learning – we're kind of – we're forced to learn out of shock and disgust yeah. how our country works because our country somehow elected somebody that's a fucking monster. Yeah, and at- I think that we also learned that – Yes, monster swamp, Loch Ness monster, horrible, yeah. horror show, horrifying, all of this. Right. 
But on the other side, too, there's a lot of problems. Yes. So we've been able to, I think, through the podcast, from all the, our research and fucking learning. Can I swear? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sure. Fucking great. Please. All like, the learning and the recap. the Diane Reem show. You can swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do it like Diane Reem. Fucking. Like, we're trying to have some balance yeah. and yeah. to yeah. understand all sides we're certainly very biased but at the same time sure we don't want to discount you know the shit pile yeah that can grow on 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 in all areas yeah one, yeah one can be objective about not thinking that everything is okay in washington without being so personal and so incendiary in mm -hmm. everything that yeah. they say and also i mean because at the end of the day it doesn't matter how liberal you are if you have ten thousand listeners then 2,000 of them are probably Republicans. Yeah. Just statistically speaking, I, I, <laughs> even if you host a liberal podcast, it means conservatives are still going to listen or moderates. I hope so. And so yeah. <clears throat> Good thing we only have to... 14 listeners. I do need to put the call out. We're still putting the call out to do our segment. Julie's on her period and wants to yell at someone. And we cannot find a conservative that I can it's spar impossible. with. Oh, it's hard. interesting. Crazy. Because well, we've tried did... twice, and we you end up in a situation, unless the person is out there, which is really what I want, which we want, yeah. if a person isn't way, way out there, you end up just connecting on a human level. I sure. have names for you. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, I, you I'm don't like the friend. connection? Yeah. I do like the connection, but I also like a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, I, funny. And I want it. I want yeah. it in my life. But you've had guests before, like Michael Avenatti, who... But he was great! He's great, but at the same time, he's also a really polarizing figure. Yes. And that's, I think, a way through those discussions that we can learn why this person's polarizing, why people yes. might not endorse him or like him we had and anthony scaramucci he's a republican wow yeah and we and he couldn't have been nicer yeah yeah he couldn't have been nicer, yeah but he loves attention more charming yeah. yes. yes but what, yeah. what i'm talking about i want a pro-life yeah. <laughs> someone who <laughs> go yes. to an abortion clinic Your with a bomb just yeah. you know what i mean yes. bring it bring That's it to really me funny. mama needs to get into it but other isn't than it, that isn't it interesting that what we we had an exchange just now that has become because of, I think, where our culture is, it's become problematic, which is you will hear Joe Biden will say, Mike Pence isn't a bad guy. Yeah. And people will say, and, and as much as I understand a knee-jerk reaction of like, yes, you know, he's a jerk. Mike Pence is a bad guy. It's also like I want to hear stories of people still getting along. I want yeah. to hear Joe Biden say, I don't hate Mitch, you know, whomever, even if it's someone I, I can hate whoever the fuck I want. I would like to think that at the end of the day, our leaders are still talking to each other. And I, mm -hmm. obviously they are. But you want them to get along. And it's <clears throat> it's that to me is a good thing. Yes, you know? I think that is a good thing. I think we don't want them to get along in the way that, like, when you pretend you like someone you work with, and then they're like, <laughs> yeah. can you get that file on my desk by five? And you're like, uh-huh, sure, I'll get that right out to you. And it's like, yeah, the yeah. fuck? And right. then you do it. Right. But we, yeah. I don't want them to like Mitch McConnell. I want, I literally, we saw Joe Biden downtown and, in, in, like, at a rally in person. Yeah. And I tried to scream out a question that was ignored. But yeah. I don't understand. Was it, what is Congress? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was, was the Holocaust? The Holocaust? <laughs> it was, yeah. what are, why should we believe your going to do shit w about Mitch McConnell if you didn't when Obama was there. Yeah. And I mean, and I live and die for Obama, I really do, but like I 
we had a podcast episode called Fuck Mitch McConnell while we were sitting in a Chinese restaurant talking about his wife, Elaine Chow. I read his entire Wikipedia, oh, wow. cried yeah, on the yeah. way home, and then our whole world was blown. That's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you don't realize. It's like we see this surface, this this sheen, even when they seem like, God, Mitch McConnell seems like he's gross and yeah. he's holding things up. But then you read, you really get into it. And it's like, this guy is worse than Trump. Mitch McConnell yeah. is a really bad guy. Is yeah. truly yeah. evil. Well, but then you take, I, I, I mean, I, like like what you were saying, Brent, that you want to think that there's good. You want to <laughs> think that, and, and sure, Mitch McConnell might open the door for Elaine, might do good things. <laughs> Maybe. Might be, he might be a good man. Mike Pence calls his wife mom. Oof. He's a good person. Whatever. <laughs> However, you also, it's despicable that a person who's elected president and who's running for president would would pick someone to be their VP who allowed an AIDS epidemic to start in their own state, a mini AIDS epidemic in by the needle program that happened in Indiana when Mike Pence was governor. And like gross things like that that are because of his own ineptitude to really be a normal human being in the modern culture and it's and you have his fake morality yeah you have to hold them accountable and i do think that i can't get along with someone who needlessly let you know drug users get the aids virus when it could have been easily prevented but these are two i see this now as like two things that is taught like mitch mcconnell right Mm -hmm. evil Insidious. It's yeah. insidious. His insidious. policies, his beliefs, the things that he does and puts out into and you know he's, policy. He's holding. Is holding. He's withholding change. He's withholding yeah. change. It it could all rest on his shoulders to change things. Just allow but witnesses. He, but he cho- right. Yeah. But he but he's not allowing witnesses. Yeah. He's choose the way I see it is he's choosing <clears throat> to make things worse. Yeah. And harder. <clears throat> and it's like Trump is a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. He's a nightmare. Well, but he's a he's a sh- he's a showman. Yeah. And yeah. while. I, I I do think he's a, a fucking nightmare. It feels like oh, it's McCon- It's like it yeah. really is that sort of House I, I, of Cards thing where the insidiousness has been there and just stays there, and and it just it just you know metastasizes. Right. And it's a little bit underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- a little bit. I think I think Mitch McConnell can be summed up. I I remember the Obama administration like six months after Trump won said mm. that they yeah. knew yes. they knew that. Russia was meddling with the election. They knew this campaign of mis- dis- misinformation was com- was coming, and they wanted to make a public service announcement, I believe, yeah. with Democratic leaders, the president, and Republican leaders, and Mitch McConnell said no. Yeah. He said, I won't do it. He said, and- if you come out and say that, that the Russians are— trying to help Trump, then I'm going to say that you're you're trying to help Hillary and I'm going to yeah. turn it into a partisan thing. Right. And he threatened them and they backed down. That was also why I asked that to, to Joe Biden, because he was there at yeah. that meeting. And I mean, all of that, all of the evil that is Mitch McConnell, it, it's not rooted in his weird need to have Trump be president or anything. It's what all is it? it's all rooted in power, power, maintaining power, maintaining control, sustainability maintain- of the conservative movement. Exactly. And Which that's is all so it is. scary to me, because my que- my question, maybe you guys can answer this, is if it's all about power, then how then does that mean that someone like him, who really is like just awful, the worst of humanity. Does that mean that someone like him makes his way into Washington, D.C. with a with a true directive, self-applied directive to 
ruin the like to, to no, be bad no. it's absolute like power absolutely corrupts and he changed over time and they all become people that are obsessively manically and spastically trying to maintain their job and keep their job he yeah. also thinks he's making the world better because he genuinely is conservative yeah but the Does problem he, is I the methods um, are, the methods true. it's like you can be conservative and we can disagree but let's let's try to uphold some of the tent poles of democracy. But he does the, the decorum right? of how it's been done. The decorum of how yeah. it's done. Anyway, but um, <laughs> we we did write some fun questions. Oh yeah, we did. And because we were going to ask you guys some questions. Yeah. And because I did have one. Um, do you ever wonder if in a decade, or whenever <laughs> gay rights is is no longer, you know, a significant um, uh, social issue? Do you wonder if gay people will become less democratic, which is to say once we're no longer the forefront uh, of the culture wars, will we become like more moderate and conservative? Interesting question. That is an interesting question. I, I wouldn't agree, classify it as fun. Um, <laughs> well, I would wonder I what say, yeah. would get. I mean, then you well, you think half of our existence is based in fighting for our rights. Right. Yeah. Half of our existence is based in partying and fighting for our rights. Right. So what happens when we have everything that we want? That's, that's And there's nothing right. to... We met the president of, I guess, I don't know if he's the president of, like, the log cabin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, I, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy LaSalvia? What he was a, he had oh, he had no. already he's the California he like, he's the California I I, I, oh. yeah, I interviewed him for an yeah. article and now I'm blanking on his name too yeah. uh, I forgot his name it's it a trick they come from religion I think yeah. those ones yeah. mm -hmm. you know yeah. the, the conservative ones are really but there's also like I mean in terms of other civil rights movements in history you have famously the African American civil rights movement where you know after Abraham Lincoln and in the early parts of the 20th century African Americans actually were voting Republican. And then it was through FDR where there was a colossal shift to the Democratic Party and then leading up to LBJ saying after he signed the Civil Rights Act that we've completely lost, like the South is now completely Republican. It will right. always be lost. Right. And these things, the power shifts does change over time. And to me, Brent's question is rooted. And yes, I don't like him, but it's rooted in the politics of Pete <laughs> Buttigieg. <laughs> No, it's no. I don't like Pete Buttigieg. And I don't like Brent. I don't like Brent. No, I mean I don't like I don't like Pete Buttigieg because I think the politics of Pete Buttigieg is the the evolution of a more moderate uh, white gay sort of out political out mindset that I think is dangerous. I think it's taking us in a direction that is sort of away from the civil issues, the civil rights issues that are still very important, trans, you know, uh, people of color, queer people of color equality. I mean, there's so many different layers that I think Pete Buttigieg is taking us away from. And I think that's where the root of your question really is coming is like, he is an example of us moving to the center. <clears throat> Do you hate Pete as much as he does? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Be careful. <laughs> um, Alan's, Alan's not say, a fan. I so. would say that we started out fans yes and same. that we have our fandom has been degraded yes and that i wouldn't say that i don't think he's a bad person i'm i'm glad he's there i think he has a lot to offer i think that in terms of where we are in our country with elections and 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 politics a centered white male gay guy is probably what we're ready for. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we don't even have a woman president yet, I think, reflects that. Yes. However, um, 
He can suck a bag of dicks. No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. He gets I mean, on our nerves. He yeah. does. He's, he's, I think right now what he's, he's going through a process and a phase that he's going to have to go through, which a lot of us, I think, go through where we feel our ego gets bigger. Our, he's becoming arrogant. He's becoming, in, a, in, in my, my opinion, um, uh, unlikable. And I mm. think he's. I gonna... think he'll probably be the first gay president. I don't think it'll be this time. I think he probably will, though. Mm. He might learn. I think he's capable of learning, though. I think he's sensitive, and I do think that he's open and empathetic. So I think that he's he's he can change. But right now, he's in that place where he's. It's not a good look. Yeah. It's just not a good look. Completely agree. Yeah. Um. You know, I would also say I think, and in, in, to answer your question, mm. I would add, until women are equal mm -hmm. i don't i do think that the gay movement would then probably glom onto that i agree because i do think that yeah. that is so steeped into um yeah. lgbtq rights is yeah. so so founded in women's and rights you see that in the support for the current slot of candidates or even past candidates kamala harris uh uh <sighs> elizabeth warren um even amy klobuchar in some respects um that that the female candidates do have Almost a stronger queer support group in, especially Elizabeth Warren, oh, yeah. who has has literally, you could argue, dominated the queer base, the queer vote. And it's, I think, because you're right that there is this desire that a woman being president is the next change. It is the next civil rights thing that mm -hmm. needs to happen. Women's equality and a woman being president, and a woman that isn't Hillary Clinton, unfortunately, like that. It needs to be we, we need to move on from that. And I think I think gay politics are kind of going in that direction. Or gay people in general going in that direction. But there's a lot of gay conservatives in Texas. And, you know, because yeah. they voted for Ted Cruz, so they didn't have to pay state tax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're definitely there when, you know, people vote. Anyone can vote with their bank account, I guess, and mm -hmm. decide they don't want to be help other communities or help or pay for help roads their own or, community. yeah help anyone That's they just nuts. want to keep their money so do they you, just do you think there's a political divide between gay <coughs> queer men and queer women i think so i think there always has been mm -hmm. i think queer women you know not to you know i know there's a lot of spectrum in between but the you know queer women yeah i think tend to be way liberal way like i don't even i don't know that i've ever met I guess maybe we've met rich lesbians who are Republican. Before, I've met a couple, but, but not many. It's yeah. very few. Very, and very, I think very when, rare. Susan Collins, Republican. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> right. yeah. We're lesbians yeah. in Maine, honey. Yeah. So I think like, like with men though, it just I don't know. Especially with white men, you yeah. tend to get a more yeah. yes, you know conservatives or Republicans or whatever, queer yeah. or not. So I think there is like a weird. But I I wonder now though if it's going to be kind of converging yeah since we're all sort of feeling the burn together that's something that i noticed at least in 2016 that the article i wrote for out about gay trump supporters and how many of them were obama voters you know these gay men these gay white men were obama voters moderate liberal people but who just couldn't fathom the idea of hillary couldn't fathom, and, and they liked the sort of obnoxious character that was going against her. And it wasn't so much a vote against Hillary as much as it was to disrupt the system. Oh, to, God, you the know, entitlement to, there. And, 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 and the gay white entitlement, exactly, mm -hmm. of that. And so that part of the divide between, I think, men and women, queer men and women, scares me because I think queer white men, particularly, are dangerous with power. 
I because wonder now, yeah, right, because they're men. Yeah. But I wonder if, like, maybe now they're seeing, like, well, this wasn't, this didn't work. Hopefully. Like, this yeah. isn't working. Hope. And I hope so. Can we know who you guys like, who your favorite is running? Who I have a crush on right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I have a Elizabeth Warren button on, so I think that says everything. I'm also here for Liz. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to see how it all pans out. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm, oh, Jesus. I'm also doing out. a drag Elizabeth um, Warren event. But, oh, God. You know what's interesting? Yeah. I, I, had, I remember having this conversation years ago with a friend. I had a friend in Michigan. This is probably the aughts and probably I drove my, my bicycle <laughs> up into yes, it was <laughs> it was interesting because like I remember we were talking about the, the human rights campaign and um and she was like I won't give money to them yeah and this is my my friend Kate is actually very like mainstream she's not like an extremist she doesn't like Ban, banish nonprofits. She's just like, they're incredibly ineffective. And at the time, they had never gotten anything accomplished legislatively. Um, and subsequently, even when I was writing this question, uh, I was like, I, they really did. We, we repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. But a lot of our other victories have been in courts. Uh, some of our bigger victories, obviously, have yeah. been via the federal courts. And so I guess my question was going to be, what does the gay rights movement do right and what do we do wrong? <clears throat> God. Well, these well, are, HRC these are did, questions. did choose our question and let us be at the, at the HRC CNN town yeah. hall. I thought you had no <laughs> listeners. You guys. No. You're well, getting yeah. Scaramucci. You're on CNN. Well, we, yeah, we, and we asked Kamala Harris a question. Julie did. And they did have some intense chemistry. Uh, she's into me, guys. Uh, she's into me. Uh, Someone's She's into me. She's into me. You are. <laughs> she lives there, guys. I mean, I'm yeah. just saying, you know what I mean? It just was like an eye contact. It was like a thing. There was like a chemistry. It was just happening. Um, what does the gay rights movement it's a, it's a do right question, and do wrong? Well, what we do right is we party right. Mm -hmm. We party True. right. Pride's great. Doing it. Festivals. You know, bringing a message with a party. Nobody does it like the gays. No one else does that. No one else does that. The gays do that. The queer, yeah. whatever. The LGBT tunnel. But the, you know. I think they, I've definitely heard that, um, I guess you don't band together with your with your money. Like yeah. there's not, like other than Chick-fil-A, there's not a lot of strong boycotting, let's say. Right. Even when they asked Pete Buttigieg, they asked him on CNN if he would be for taking away um, tax exemptions to um, any institution that, that went against human rights, like let's say if it's your right to be married, if a religious institution won't marry, do you know, then they just have to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. And he said he no, he wouldn't. He doesn't want to take away their tax exemption. That's yeah. when we were like, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, like, go fuck yourself. Okay. It's just it's not even saying you can't have your church. You can yeah. believe whatever you want, but you should just pay taxes. Right. So for your discrimination and your homophobia or whatever it is. I mean, maybe close the thing... down those bakeries, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe the thing that we don't do well is, um, or what we haven't done fully is um, gotten rid of the shame. Mm. I mean, that's what where Pete Buttigieg is coming from. It's like you can't stand. Uh, are we still in? In he's a, a thirty-something-year-old man who couldn't stand in the truth of if you're not going to. Um, if you're going to be discriminatory, then you have to pay taxes. And he couldn't he didn't have the balls enough to even stand in that because he's he's got shame. And I think uh, uh, gay people in general, and I use the term gay as an umbrella for the movement. Yes. That we are 
without it's like women are the same. We are have a shame that you can't even describe. You don't know where it comes from. It's born in you. It's it's instilled in you. And no matter what you do, you can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is one thing well, that is a movement and we could do better. I mean, talking with. about the shame, going back to the original thing of your friend Kate not supporting HRC. HRC is a really controversial issue, especially amongst very liberal, progressive queer politics in that for years, HRC, and I even stopped giving money to HRC for years because we, uh, during the, I think, Bush administration, there was a, a Equal Equality Act that was going through Congress, but they kept off transgender people from it because they knew it wouldn't pass. And HRC was calling people saying, this is what we can do right now. We'll have to include transgender people later. And it's like, that's you don't do that. You, you 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 include them in the fight. They are part. They are part of the LGBT. You can't just do it because LGB is convenient. And I, I and I think and for years too, it was seen as a very white male Pete Buttigieg type organization. They have currently made strides. They have new leadership. They have uh, people of color in leadership positions. Even the the CEO or the president of of HRC is now. And it's like they've made strides to change definitely. But for the past. 10, 15 years, HRC has been kind of a thorn in a lot of queer, especially liberal queer politics. I have a question. How do you guys feel about when people say um, uh, um, better better Trump than Pence? Well, first of all, I don't know that I believe that. I yeah, think yeah. Pence is <clears throat> despicable and is worse than Trump. Trump, at least Trump's funny. That's <laughs> better true. Trump I mean, than least... Pence. I've, I don't think we've... Uh, what we've heard... Better Pence than Trump that's from like mean, yeah. straight ladies. That's yeah, who we've yeah. heard it from. Straight rich ladies. Right. That's the only people we've heard that he's from. Not rapey or whatever. I mean, I don't think we haven't but, heard. We haven't. We don't really meet anyone that wants Pence. Anyone? No. I mean, yeah. most people would rather just go ahead and stick yeah. with Trump. See, I don't know. I mean, I'm like he's Pence is a ter- Pence is a terrifying person. Just from everything from. The way he looks, the way he carries himself, the way he talks, the way his, his, face, his mouth, his body, uh, his the, the thing with his wife and his clear LGBTQ issues. They're, I mean, contempt, at first, yeah. what would you say? Contempt. Yeah, and yeah. I used to think like, oh, people were making a big deal about it. And then like the more you get to know him oh. and see him in power, it's, it's like— It's legitimate. And and then once the the, the AIDS epidemic in, in Indiana—, Indiana it's like, oh my God! It re- it's very, it's real. It's, yeah. it's he real, used to have a radio show. Yeah, the radio show. And Julie plays it on the podcast and then says he'll he'll do gay conversion therapy on you and then look you in the eye while he does it and say you'll thank yeah. me later. And she reenacts this whole scene. I'm like, stop doing it. Yeah, it's so creepy. I think he's a he's uh, at least with Trump, he might be a liar, but like you you know what you're getting. He's gonna. I don't know. There's something with Trump where you just you know what it is. You know the con man's there. You know he's yelling at you. He's lying. He's he says wants the his same money, things. He talks whatever. the same way. Yeah. He's grabbing by the pussy. Like all right. Yeah. Pence is so much more dangerous. He is a snake who is hiding behind religion, which to me is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. He is the lowest of the low. Like to hide behind religion, you don't have actual morality. You have no ethics. You'll do anything anyone tells you. You are the worst. But I'm going to be honest and say that some days I will say, I wish, I don't necessarily wish Pence were, it was Pence and not Trump, but I wish there, I wish someone could speak 
rather eloquently <laughs> normal he use goes to co- that. correct words and, and put <laughs> sentences together that I don't see. send shivers down my hearing but just Trump to think is, this though yeah. he might be putting words together but behind the yeah, scenes you're right. he will look you in the eye yes. while yeah. you are getting raped with a hot iron up <laughs> you're your butt right. because <laughs> that that's what's going to turn you straight <laughs> like that i will and his focus i will rather it is trump petrifying. i will rather yeah. someone with weird words and not be able to talk than the Wait, person so you, who will you watch you would rather have a leader you'd rather have a leader who threatens the fundamentals of a democracy than a conservative. So does Pence. I, 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 don't, I don't believe that Mike Pence would, uh, if Mike Pence were president completely aside from Donald Trump, I don't think Mike Pence would have reached out to Ukraine to get them to spy upon Democratic uh, uh, Democratic opponents. But I, he I was don't a part think... of it, though. He did I th- know I all think, of that was going I on. Think, I, I, I think understand that he's that a part of the I administration. Think now we know he would. But I, I think, as far as I'm concerned, there is Trump, in my opinion, presents an existential crisis to a democracy. He undermines the core values of a democracy. He will uh, belittle a free press. And <clears throat> everyone beats up on the press, but but Trump has done it professionally and taken it to, I think, a degree that is unmatched by any Republican before him. Mm-hmm. Um, he he undermines the integrity of our elections. I, I to me, it might not happen tomorrow, <clears throat> but I, I am genuinely concerned about a generation of people growing up and not understanding the importance of an election, not believing the results when it doesn't match what they want. Mm-hmm. And okay. whether Mike Pence might be part of the administration and he's complicit and that's fine. But I think if Mike Pence, if we go back four years and all of a sudden he's president, completely aside from Donald Trump, Mike Pence is not Donald Trump. Well, he's not in a <clears throat> literal vocal way, but I do think Mike Pence is actually fundamentally more dangerous in that he... I mean, Donald Trump doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, so we at least have that going for us. Whereas Mike Pence understands the system and how to work the system so that judges can be appointed, so that you know certain roadblocks. Tons, tons of judges. Appointed. That's very true. And who do you think's running that show? I think it's Mike Pence. It and, could be. And he knows how to work it so that for years to come, rights of marginalized people will be subjected to discrimination, ridicule, blocking of legal access to things. And that, I think, is what the threat of Pence. And that's why I think in some ways Pence is, Pence is more dangerous. But that's an argument. To, that's a This is a conversation yeah. of who's more I'm dangerous. Just saying, I just say Trump represents you can't get chaos. And yeah. there are moments where as much as I think Pence is a snake and a monster and, and genuinely terrifying, not just as a gay person, but as a human being, there are there are just moments where I'm like, I just wish there wasn't chaos where, to Brent's point, to hear him, to hear the president berate the press, like, like he such plays a by the Like he plays by the rules, that, that's at all least. I'm, that's, that's Mike yeah. Pence at least plays by the rules, the so rules, you think. Unquote, Which is right. dangerous public, to me. In public. Which is, I don't yeah, think, that's worse. I don't, most, yeah, some of right. us, that's, that's worse. That's like Cheney. I don't, yes. think, I don't yes. think Mike Pence does play by the rules. I think he is as corrupt, if <clears> not <throat> worse, than Donald Trump. Yeah. But I think that he pretends to play by the rules in public because he knows and is not a ruffian yeah. like yeah, Trump right. is or, or like that. But I do believe that behind the scenes that that guy, Mike Pence, is 100% head to toe corrupt. Well, we know because if he was so moral and he wouldn't have ever agreed to be his VP. That's he, that is oh, so true. I mean, yeah, the guy so is disgusting. True. But that goes back to the Mitch McConnell conversation. It's all about power. Yeah, and that's, mean, that but, makes Mike Pence but he a leads with religion. Liar. So right. it's like you're 
you are joining this guy, the worst and guy. Yeah. What is what oh, is Mike Prince influence does? He for the past four or five, well, probably more than that. Before he was vice president, he was speaking at the um, pro life rally. What is it called? That just March happened. for Life. March for Life. <laughs> and now, for the first time in U.S. history, a sitting Trump president went. has spoke at a March for Life rally in person. <laughs> How do they not and laugh at him? It's. Well, and that's and yes, and How I think I think people... that's Pence's influence by normalizing Trump. That is also the greatest danger of Pence is that Pence has, in some way, made Trump acceptable to a conservative base that allows him to get away with all of this shit, everything I, that you're talking yeah. about. Sure, but I, I also I I think if you look at any one of the the next crop of Republicans mm -hmm. that would will be running for president in 2024 or whenever. Brent Sullivan. Uh, <laughs> then I think almost all of them will be at that that right to life rally. Maybe Tom Cotton, Ted Ted Cruz, yeah, Joe Walsh. Yeah. They're all just going to yeah. be pandering to the pro lifers. But yeah, oh, that's true. God. I guess on a on, just on a very like uh, dumb gay dumb gay politics <laughs> level, it's just the you idea. should listen to our podcast. Oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> just the idea of being like I can if I put myself. I'm always trying to like put myself in their shoes, right? Mm. Imagining this this march for life and being so, you know, so pro life that you have you're so you know you're so strong in your convictions uh -huh. and you believe it and you're marching for it and that's what you believe but then to look up and hear him the way he talks and think about how do you not think about the man rates women by numbers. He did Miss U.S. Like, you could just go on Grab a list. By the pussy. He says he grabs women by the pussy. Yeah. How do you applaud that for your own beliefs when it's so clear? I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. It's so hard. It's hard. I, I, so I have hard. a question on the on the Democratic side for you that I, I'm seeing a lot of, especially as we're in the <laughs> primary season. Um, you know, the, on the progressive side, the Bernie versus Hillary sort of vote of people debating on, especially a lot of gay people who are on the very liberal left side, there's they're torn between the two. And I'm noticing a lot of Bernie supporters vocally go after sort of Elizabeth Warren's past Republican stance. She was a Republican when she was a kid. And they use that as sort of like Bernie's in terms of gay politics. Bernie's always been with the gay community, and Elizabeth Warren's a past Republican who wouldn't be with the gay community. I don't know if that's necessarily true because Republicans were very different in 1970, but still. Um, what do you think of that? And does her past Republican past disqualify her as a modern progressive? Uh, well, I absolutely think that people can change and change how they feel, and you're not awake until someone wakes you up. And you can, I mean, you know, I don't think any past. That's just my opinion. Yeah, but. no, I agree. And also, yeah, it was in the. I think she said she was a kid, or her whole family was Republican. She yeah. did. Her family did. And who's her to brothers? Say, like one of her brothers still is, is Republican, right? Yeah. And Two. who's to say whether she was Republican or not? We don't know what she thought about social issues or whatever. She probably was. She seems like a person who is always open, but who knows? the The woman has been fighting for consumer rights her whole entire life. She's done nothing but try and actually help people financially like literally and financially that's been mm -hmm. her whole life and she can explain even it between a, right and even as a public oh she wanted to teach public school all she's done is help that's all she's done mm -hmm. so i think that whatever blip or whatever if she was republican and even and like the thing about you know trans and prison just different mistakes she's made she's right. come back and said she's apologized for those she's had she's allowed her mind to be open and said i was wrong about that i think she always comes from a place of trying to save people money and help families that don't have money or try to keep people's taxes down i yeah. i think any any 
mistake she's ever made came so fascinating that female politicians often with the exception of maybe clinton have they're kind of forced to apologize sometimes and they have to do it publicly and they they have to actually say the word (laughs) i'm sorry whereas male politicians like joe i go back to joe biden on the view when they were talking about anita hill and and sort of that that and how he handled that whole clarence thomas hearing in back in the early 90s and joy behar's statement of being like well, sure. You don't. It's not about how she feels. It's right. about you taking ownership of your responsibility in this and saying you're sorry to a person that you're clearly acknowledging you handled incorrectly. And 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 his complete inability couldn't do to it. say the words "I'm sorry," which I think is so indicative of many male politicians. Um, if if it is Biden, how, how would you feel? If it's Kamala Harris, we're going to be super, super happy. <laughs> I mean, it's just like you're going to be staying in the Lincoln bedroom. Yeah. That's the case. <laughs> It's going to be the two of them just yes. flirting it up. Yeah. Oh give talk. Julie yeah. Goldman and just, Brandy yeah, Howard doing right. it on the link. Oh we always, you know what? Joe Biden can touch me on the shoulders, kiss me on the forehead, kiss my face, put his kiss arm me around me. Forehead. I'm fine with it. That oh guy is, he, for all of his foibles and sure. failures or yeah. whatever, I think he is a genuinely nice, not just nice, I think, I think, you know, we have to, he's, He's I think he's trying. I really do. I really yeah. think he's a lifelong politician and all of that's true. And certainly in Anita Hill. Blah, 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 blah. But like I do think he's playing the game. He's understands politics. Mm-hmm. He the Obama when you see how Barack Obama, Barack and Michelle love him, mm-hmm. like and love on him. Megan McCain and loves gush, him. Right. Like <laughs> my father. Like he he <laughs> he just seems like he 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 brings out goodness in people yeah and i think for that i'd love to do crack with his son <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. oh hunter seems oh. like a good oh, time yeah. <laughs> well, he really you. does yeah, so where can people follow you online and find the podcast um anywhere right they can come to our website julianbrandy.com oh your couple branded the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've uh, been writing d- partners for a long time and yeah. two tv shows together we're we're stuck together doing this thing. Now it's just in politics. <laughs> we used to just be talking shit about Bravo shows. Yeah. We no want more to Lisa Rinna. And we and, it, and we really want to urge people to to register in their in their in their states and register to Democrat. Yeah. I know that it's a big thing for people in general. Like register to vote, just vote, just vote, just vote. Well, we're like vote Democrat. There's yeah. over there's like, over thirty yeah. states that you have to be registered Democrat to vote in the primary. I have the list on my Twitter. Um, at the Brandy Howard, um, Brandy with a Y, and it's you'd be surprised. Even California is one of them. So if you want to vote in the primary, and you absolutely should, everybody should vote in the primary. You know, if you want to vote for yeah. the president, you should vote for the Democrat that you want in the primary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter what, you know, state. If it's blue, if you, you know, oh, I don't have to. It's not doesn't. It does matter. Well, yeah. This, now, yeah. This is the time that it matters, it especially matters. in a primary Every, with such a wide field. Your vote is so important to picking yeah. the nominee. It's just <clears throat> yeah. So um, go out there and vote for Andrew Yang if you want that thousand yeah, dollars. Right. Do it. <laughs> and another thing. Did you guys ever have a, a gay mentor, like, b- before you came out or when you came out? Was there anybody who, whether or not they knew it, kind of showed you the ropes? Yeah, this was funny. When I read this, I was like, I was like, no, no. <laughs> and then I, I remembered I had a roommate in college. Uh, her name was Betsy. Uh, Crouch. I'll give her full name because she's out and proud. But she was like this just 
unbelievably positive force in the middle of the Bush years. And I remember she was just like encouraged me to come out to everyone and had absolutely no idea why anyone would object. Mm. In in almost she was very smart and capable, but almost a naive way. Is well, she, she from is she from Ann Arbor? She was from she was from Lansing. Um, East Lansing. Uh and I remember she like inspired me to come out to my parents. Oh. And and I had a coworker. Uh, uh, one of my bosses. I remember you talking Kaplan. about this guy. One of my bosses at Kaplan was is remains the most endearing, hilarious, unbelievably faggy guy I've ever met. Right. In my he was very life. different from you. He's so but different you from loved me. Him. But I absolutely love Doug. He did the best impressions of everyone. <laughs> he was he would literally go around the office telling everyone that they're sissies. <laughs> <laughs> and he would dangle his hand in front of your face. He'd say, sis. And it was so, it was so like out of whack with what you would imagine would be a good yeah. boss. But he was a good boss. He had a great relationship with his husband. And he unequivocally is probably my gay mentor. That's cool. I still think so about great. him all the time. <clears throat> I had a, uh, yeah. I had a, um, a kid who was a year older than me in high school. So we were in New York, but you know, in Long Island, uh, so he was a year older than me and was always going into the city and going to like clubs and stuff. And I was certainly closeted and I wasn't even out yet. But when I came out, it was I was a freshman in college and he was living in the city, going to college too. And he literally like took me on a long walk and like explained things to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I mean, he was so thoughtful about it and also gave and also. Blew my mind when he told me that Ricky Martin was gay. I did not believe him. <laughs> and then he gave me a book that he very kindly thought Jizzed would be in? helpful. Oh, yeah. What'd you say? Jizden? No. It was a, like a, a sort of a, a, a book about coming out and, and like how to navigate being gay. Mm-hmm. And that book ruined my life. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, right. Ruined my yeah, life. It was like, and God bless Matt for trying. Yeah, and I, trying. And I'm so yeah. you know thankful to him that he did. And I became friends with him and his boyfriend and kind of watched that unfurl and and they were lovely to me. But um the book was uh was just written by somebody who was a uh, I think kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. grumpy or, or yeah. just you know, I th- he had an archaic view of things and so I was right. reading the book like a manual instead of thinking about it critically. Yeah. And so I yeah. you know, it was bought ha- handkerchiefs and uh, shit. And yeah, I was doing some like retro right. shit that did not work in my favor. Right. But um <laughs> yeah, it was really uh the, the book ruined me. But Matt was, uh, you know, hugely helpful yeah. in, in kind of leading me out of the closet, I guess. I had, I this was before I put a doll at my butt. I had, um, so I was a teenager, and I it was 97, and XY Magazine, the old gay magazine. Yeah, and the yeah. back of the magazine, they had a list of numbers that you could call. It was, I think it maybe would have been like a suicide hotline at the time, but it really was just sort of like a, this is a queer hotline that you can call. And I... You know, I came from my family was very accepting. I was very open and flamboyant. I was just me, but I didn't know any gay people. You know, I was dying to know at least one gay person. I was reading this magazine in secret. And I just wanted to physically meet other gay people. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I called the number and there was this guy I don't remember his name, but he was the guy assigned to me, I guess. And we started chatting, and he was in his twenties. And I would listen. He would drive around. He was a he- it's St. Louis, so he was a heavy smoker, and he would just smoke and. Get McDonald's chicken selects, which I loved. Wow! And and we bonded over our love of McDonald's chicken selects at the time. And uh, how much older was he? He was in his twenties, so he was probably ten years older than me. And I was fourteen. And he, there's this group in St. Louis that 
is just has does amazing work and i it 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 makes me it like i get teary-eyed thinking of them it's called growing american youth and it's like the acronym's gay but they it's a support group slash sort of meetup group for gay kids who don't and that, that, at that time in school, there were no other gay kids. So all the gay kids went to this one place just to kind of be gay. That's and, uh, incredibly progressive. Yeah. and and But I couldn't get there because I couldn't drive. Right. And I couldn't ask my parents for a ride mm. downtown. Right. And I didn't, I didn't know how to navigate even just getting there. And it made me really depressed that I couldn't. I was so close to actually meeting other gay people my yeah. age. And I couldn't get there. And... He agreed to give me a ride. I remember I walked after school one day to the McDonald's, Chicken Selects, and um and and start with that. Yeah. And he drove me to Growing American Youth. And then he he picked me up afterwards and he dropped me off down the street from from wow. my house so I wouldn't oh have to. Oh my god. That's and, great. And, and it's all these things. And now I'm thinking, like, you know, a 20-some-year-old man. I've gonna got into this strange car of a 20-some-year-old man, like that. Today would probably be considered scary, but at the time it was like. Well, his tensions intentions were clearly pure. And he, I mean, he only did, he did it once, or did you uh, see him more than once? I didn't see him much more after yeah. that. And I think it was that. I think that was intentional because he he needed yeah. me to have that. Like I needed that. Yeah. And from there, I He's had like, to take I'm not, the torch. I'm not your chauffeur, kid. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What's but his was, name? I don't remember his name. Oh. I don't remember any. I I I don't. It was so fleeting, and it was yeah. so like, and I was so focused on the mission of meeting other gay kids that. I still remember yeah. going to when I went off to college because <laughs> I went to Minnesota for one semester. And so I, I found University of I found the LGBT Resource Center and I was like, I must go. I did that, too. And uh, and walking in, walking in and thinking it was going to be packed yeah. like out of a, like a documentary from the <laughs> yeah, 70s about Stonewall. And it was empty. Yeah. yeah. And there would be like a ping pong. I mean, not empty, but it was, you know, yeah, it was, it wasn't. Uh, there were two kids with braids there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I still remember the letdown. I did that up any number of places yeah. in Ann Arbor, yeah. Yeah. in Minneapolis. Um, and then that's when I realized everyone's at bars. <laughs> yeah. They, they opened, a, they opened a gay, uh, like community center near my parents. Oh, wow. On Long Island. Recently? Which my, recently, which my mom is now volunteering at. Oh, that's great. But I was like so pleased to hear that they did that. <laughs> yeah. That's There's great. a lot of, uh, gay, there's a lot of gay people in Long Island now, specifically gay women, uh, um, like living, you know, sort of domesticated yeah, Long yeah, Island yeah. suburban lives. But so nice to hear that another place like this exists yeah. that you got to yeah. live near, which is so nice. Growing American Youth is still an organization. I, I go I gay. Still, I still give money. Pay gay. Good. Yeah. I love that they're called gay. I do too. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I'm a Republican and I listen to your podcast, but I fast forward through the parts where you talk about Trump. <laughs> uh, my Aunt Joanne would say, um, now when Julie says you party, what does that really look like? What, what do, you, do you party? And I'd say, no, I don't party. You don't party. I don't party. How about Aunt Anne? And Anne would say, you got in the car with a strange man and there was no hanky-panky? I, I don't believe it. I just don't she believe it. She calls your bluff. Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott.
Podcast Network.